Welcome to church. Oh, discuss. Uh, <laughs> I already, that's probably already a theological blunder, isn't it? Um, we are starting a, a new series this week on the church. Yay! Um, and the reason for that is that the Bible, the New Testament, is so excited about what the people of God is and what it means to be church together um, that there's loads of different ways that the church is described um, in the New Testament, loads of different metaphors used for the church. And so we want to know, how can we do this thing called church better together? How can we be more like the body of Christ that he designed us to be? Uh, the body of Christ is one of those metaphors, actually, isn't it? Um, And so we're just going to spend five, six, ten, twenty, whatever it takes, weeks um, looking through some of these pictures of the New Testament church. And hopefully it will stimulate us intellectually and theologically, but also hopefully it will deeply affect our practice as a church together. I sound weird. Do I sound weird? Can't help that. Uh, (laughs) I just do sound weird. Uh, um, So I am weird. Okay, uh, now, is everyone feeling up for a little activity? Yes, I thought so. So, um, this is the part of the service where you all love, you, you just think, oh, it's time to sit back and I just get to watch now. But no. Um, uh, instead, what I'd like you to do is get into groups of four or five. Now, what, here's what the youth would do at this point is start looking around and picking their group early. But uh, you need to listen to the instructions rather than trying to suss out who the coolest people are you are around you. Um, and I want you together to mime what church is. Now, I appreciate that's a difficult and abstract and painfully annoying thing to ask you to do, which is why I get to sit out and watch and not do it. Uh, so groups of four, five, six, doesn't really matter. But I want you to mime together in a group what being church is. I'll give you a minute or two to discuss and come up with something, and then we'll show off to the group. Everyone has to do it. Even if you're like three months old, you still have to play. You may need to stand. What is church? What is church? Some of you are already starting to copy other groups. Very clever. Okay, this side of the room is decidedly more active than this side of the room at the moment. You're uh, you're just discussing, and that's cool. That's cool. (laughs) Okay. Okay, there's, there's lots of circles happening. Okay, I'm going to give you another 20 seconds, and I want you to be in position. 20 seconds to in position. Not the imposition. 20 seconds to an imposition. <laughs> okay, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3. Oh, I just accidentally unbuttoned another button on my shirt. Hang on. It's already a bit too low. Uh, Okay, Uh, and is everyone in position? Okay, great. Uh, And now I'm just going to go around the room, uh, and you're just going to have to hold your positions for about 10 minutes while each group explains. Right, ready? Uh, Paul, can you explain what's going on in your group? Well, as as the body of Christ, we're just doing what we normally do, and we're being church in that way. So, so, So as the body of Christ... They're, they're just doing what they normally do. It's, it's communal life together, I think. So they're just doing their normal stuff, and they're together. Oh, come on. <laughs> no, that's lovely. It's lovely and a cop-out at the same time. Okay. Uh, what about you guys? What are you doing? Uh, well, we're uniting in the love of God and family. Okay, so you guys are in a nice circle holding hands, united in the love of God and in family. Okay, what about you guys? Who wants to explain from this group? They're uniting in fellowship and prayer. So a couple of them are praying, or praying for each other. Is that, is that what you're doing? That's lovely. It's beautiful. So fellowship, prayer. So there's these kind of dual elements. Okay, I probably won't go around the whole room, but what are you guys doing? Rejoicing and being happy. 
You're rejoicing and being happy. And Galena is giving. That's good. We always need someone in the church who gives. Um, yeah, you got that. You got that job, huh? <laughs> okay, great. Uh, let's go to. Oh, this one looks exciting. Okay, what's going on over here? Arch Henna and I are prayer hands and a roof, and Simon and Peter are the walls, and we are the house of prayer. So you're a house of prayer. You have a roof. That's good. Um, and you're the hands. You're the the prayer hands. Everyone needs prayer hands. Um, great. That's lovely. I like, I like it a lot. Okay, now there was a. I'm going to go over here. Uh, since these guys have reached the highest, um, which must mean they're closest to God. Um, Ruth, can you explain? So this is the up, in, out thing. Okay, what, what do you mean? So we're up to God, we're praising God. What's up? <laughs> Thanks, Sam. Everyone else understood that, I think. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, girl. Uh, we're out. We are reaching out to our community. And we are in and focusing on each other and building each other up within the church as well. Okay. Oh, lovely. So you're going all three directions. Um, now, let's just take this one as a case in point. Is there anything missing from this? If you just look at the, these guys, uh, so now you can all dis- disarm. Um, what, is, there, is there anything that these guys could do to improve their picture of church, do you think? That, that's not a loaded question. I'm just genuinely asking. Let's give them suggestions. You could all be holding Bibles. Yeah, Bibles are best when you're holding them. Um, any ideas? Any things? You could tickle Luke. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, that's cool. Great. Okay, fine. Well done. You're perfect. Sit down. No room for improvement. That was good. Did you find that a holistic and exciting exercise? Oh, you really want, to, you really want your say, don't you, Alison? <laughs> Alison wants to talk. <laughs> Candice, why don't you explain? Um, we're all nations standing together as one. One body. One God. We covered it all. Yeah. You, co- you covered it all. Okay, so this group think they covered it all. Let's, uh, let's have some suggestions from everyone else. Is there anything that this group could do to, to, the, to more represent what the body of Christ means? Okay, so at the moment, it's lovely that you're all facing inwards. Oh, and up. But, but is there a way that they could also kind of look out at the same time, I think is the question. So how, how are we going to do that? So um, I don't know. Can you guys rearrange so that you're also representing? Okay. Oh, okay, so now they're all facing out and none of them are facing in. Okay, that's good. Okay, so now, now one person is facing in and four are facing out. Okay, so that's good. So now... So now <laughs> that's, that's an astute observation. See, it's so easy for church to be... I mean, not like... I don't, I don't want to criticize you guys at all, but it's so easy for church to be like that, isn't it? All in and no out. And then it's so easy for other churches to be all out and no in. Anyway, that's very good. You can sit down. Okay, go on then. Dynamic. We're dynamic. Lovely. It's uh, splendid. <laughs> I don't have any prizes, so but you guys did really well. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, great. If you have a Bible, uh, open it. Yeah, if you have a Bible, open it. Um, and start at, well, I'm just going to talk a little bit about Matthew 16 and then move on to somewhere else probably. Um, okay, Nige read this earlier. Um, Matthew 16 from verse 13. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? And they replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. (laughs) Who knows? Um, But what about you, he asked. Who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah the son of the living God. 
Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my... Now stop. Okay, uh, I want you to imagine that you're a disciple at this point and you're with Jesus. Okay, so you're one of the twelve. You're there. Is it just the twelve there? Um, who knows? But you're one of the disciples and you're there with Jesus. Can I have the next uh, thing up, Paul? Um, and Jesus is talking, and you get the sense that, like, oh, well, this is going to be a big time together. This is going to be really exciting. Um, and, and Jesus is like, who do you say that I am? And Peter's there, and he's really hoping that he's got the right answer, because he really wants Jesus to be the Messiah, to be the Christ, because the Messiah is going to come and make everything right again. All the stuff that's broken, he's going to fix. The people of God, he's going to redeem. It's all going to be great. And so what you want is for Jesus to, one, be the Messiah, and two, get on and do being the Messiah. Get on and save the world. Bring it all into completion and, and, uh, and redeem God's people and bring everyone in. It's going to be amazing, right? And so you're, Peter says, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus basically says, yes. And here's how I'm going to do my Messiah thing. Here's how I'm going to save the world. Here's how it's going to happen. I'm going to build my now imagine if you're—I know it's church. Um, imagine if you're the <laughs> imagine if you're the disciples and you're there. What are you hoping he's gonna say next? I'm gonna build my yeah maybe kingdom. I was thinking maybe army. I will build my army. That would be cool because um, then he can like raid everywhere and like maybe a five-step economic plan. I will build my five-step economic plan, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it, because uh, it, it will be good. Uh, or maybe I'll build my nuclear program. That would also work, wouldn't it? Uh, gates of Hades wouldn't stand a chance um, against that. Um, or maybe election campaign. Timely reference there. Do you like it? How many of you are happy that we're having another election? Good one. Uh, <laughs> I suppose it's a, no, I'm not going to do it. Uh, uh, or maybe I, I will build my, I was thinking he could uh, build a big tower and call it Trumpet Tower. Uh, it would be a, the best tower, a really, really beautiful tower, the best, most beautiful tower uh, ever uh, created. Um, and it could be like, you know, heralding the kingdom of God, Trumpet Tower. Bad joke, good. Uh, but, but instead of all these kind of tangible things that Jesus could do to build his kingdom, um, and to, to uh, kind of come against the gates of hell, the gates of death, that basically means the power of death that's, that's over creation. Romans 8 calls it a bondage to decay. That's kind of the state of things. Um, uh, what's going to be God's way? What's going to be this Messiah's way of redeeming the world, of fixing everything? I will build my church. Now, can you imagine being the disciples and being like, oh, <laughs> Like a church, like a group of people, like is that a great? Is that the best plan you've got? I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not stand against it. In other words, Jesus is saying, really, from the off, the church is not a gathering of people who, roughly speaking, think the same things. And it's not just a place where people come, and it's not just an organization. The church is the way that Jesus is going to redeem the world. And it's the only way that he's going to redeem the world. Is that cool? Is that weird, though? 
Because we want short solutions, don't we? We want quick solutions. And Jesus is saying, I'm going to do it by a community of love. I'm going to do it by a bunch of people who like living life together, re- engaging with me, looking up, in and out. Very good. Good reference to uh, uh, church and stuff. Um, and and by, being, uh, by praying together and by community together and by being the body of Christ together, that they're going to so model what life is Je- with Jesus is like that it reaches the whole world. And really, that is still God's plan. That is still God's plan. God's plan for saving the world is still the church. It's still us. It's still this random little bunch of people. Look around for a second. That is God's plan for saving the world. (laughs) Is anyone feeling filled with hope all of a sudden? Uh, It's cool, though. Um, And in fact, weirdly enough, the New Testament then gets, well, I say the New Testament as if it was a person. The writers of the New Testament get flipping excited about this thing called church that Jesus began, this community of faith, this bunch of disciples. um, And kind of, it has this massive view of the church. Next slide. Um, Well, it's really the same slide with another word. Um, Has a massive view of the church and ends up like having to find different kind of analogies and portraits traits and ways of explaining what this church thing is because it's just way too big for one word. So, so sometimes they'll say the church is a little bit like the, the body of Christ. Like, and, and we're so used to that phrase, it doesn't hit us anymore. It's, inc- it's a ridiculous thing to say, isn't it? The church is the body of Christ. Um, Ephesians 1 puts it like this that Nigel read earlier. Um, oh, hang on a second. Uh, says that... Um, God placed all things under Jesus' feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church. Now that's ridiculous in itself. (laughs) Which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Look around again. (laughs) The church is Jesus' body, the fullness of him, so we represent the fullness of Jesus who fills everything in every way. So the church is this kind of cosmic superpower. Look around again. <laughs> no offense, by the way. <laughs> who's, who's like the, living up to the stature of Jesus. That's an incredibly massive picture of the church to paint, isn't it? That when the church is working well, it is the hands, it is the feet, it is the body of Christ working in the world and moving in the world and redeeming the world. Isn't that amazing? Another place, he says, you're like a priesthood, um, uh, like a holy priesthood, who's like bridging the gap between the rest of the world and God. That's, that's the role of the church. That's massive, isn't it? That's such a huge thing to say. Or like you're a temple. You're, you're being built together into a temple. Uh, and a temple, really, that was the focus of the Jewish faith. It was the focus of the Jewish religion. It was the focus point of God's activity in the world. And so the writer is saying to the church, you guys, you're not just the ones who heard Jesus and think, yes, Jesus. You are the focus point of God's activity in the world. You're the place of his presence. You're the place where the gap between heaven and earth is thinnest. It's not a place, it's you as you're together. Isn't that amazing? Another one is, is that you're the community, this word, there's a Greek word called koinonia, uh, which refers to like communion. It talks about the, the deep communion that we should have between us as brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, uh, and also our deep communion between us 
and God and how that's represented in the meal that we share together. And we're going to look at that word in a couple of weeks. Uh, the main word uh, the, that's uh, translated as church is ecclesia, which means the called out people. And next week, Steve's going un- like, to unpack that word and look at what it means to be a called out people together. Called out for what? Called out from what? Are, are we a people on a mission? Yeah, so we're going to look at that um, next week, and there's a whole bunch of others that we might get to. Are there any that I missed? That'll do for the moment. Nigel's saying, wrap it up, Sam, move along. Uh, and they have these massive, this massive picture of the church, and the truth is, when the church is really being the church, those images make a lot of sense, don't they? Like, when you, do you know what, you, have you ever had it where you just see the church working really well? And you're like, that is so beautiful. I feel like we had it already this morning when Paul came up and spoke about that, that food bank um, story. That lady coming to food bank and just radically having her life changed by Jesus um, and being restored. And isn't that just such a good sign of church working well? I went to a church in Durham and there was a guy there called Steve. In fact, is Martha here? Uh, so your brother-in-law. Um, he's a nutter. A great, great man. So cool. Um, love him. Uh, and we, we went through a time where we would just, really simple thing, we would go as a church um, to the train station uh, in the morning as commuters were leaving. Um, it's really hard to get students up at that kind of time in the morning. Uh, and we would just go and make coffee for commuters. And, and we would kind of do it. And we just kind of felt like oh, this is just a mundane little way of serving someone or whatever. Um, and the commuters obviously appreciated it because they didn't have to spend £2.50 at Costa. It was great. Um, and, uh, but Steve would like get there in the morning as if, he, you know, as if he'd drunk like 15 cups of coffee. And he'd be like, guys, this is like... This is like the kingdom. <laughs> We'd be like, Steve, <laughs> it's like 6 a.m. It doesn't feel like the kingdom. He's like, no, no, like this is the kingdom. Like when the church is just serving in a small way, that's the kingdom of God. When the church is just doing something, that's the kingdom of God happening here. And it's really exciting when that happens, isn't it? It's exciting when we hear stories of that um, happening at the food bank. And it's exciting when you look at the early church and you see the growth of this movement from kind of 12 people to 150 people to thousands of people as the church is just living with integrity and wholeness and sharing everything and being the body of Christ and seeing God's power move um, among them. And it's just, it's just amazing. Amazing. Um, like Nigel mentioned, we had a, a guest speaker on Friday night at a youth event locally, um, and he was called Jim Yost, and he was a really cool guy, a bit of a nutter. He, was, he used to be a hippie, um, and he was really um, cool. He still looks a bit like a hippie, to be honest. Um, and um, he was talking about how on uh, one of the missions that he did, one of the things that he did was he wanted to evangelize a uh, local prison, see prisoners come to Jesus. But he was like, we don't want to do, we don't want to do church in the prison because um, that's boring. Uh, we, instead, we want to turn the prison into a church. So that's kind of what we're going to do. We're going to assume that we can turn the prison into a church uh, rather than just having church services in the prison. So they do this. They, they train the prisoners to become leaders of other prisoners because they're going to be there for a while so they can do it. Um, and so they, they, uh, they tried to pick like the people who had the longest jail sentences <laughs> to, be, to be the people in leadership because <laughs> they'd be there for the longest. And then you got to the point where they were seeing so many miracles happening in the prison and so many like extraordinary life-changing things happening in the prison that the people from the churches all over the town and city brought their sick people to the jail to get them prayed for and healed. How cool is that? 
So that, that's the kingdom of God, isn't it? That's the church. And that's, that's where we like look at it and we're like, wow, this, this church is the body of Christ. It is the priesthood like, that's, that's bridging the gap. And, and it's uh, something that I really want to be a part of. Um, but then day to day, I don't know about you, but I don't always, I don't, not every day re- resonates with that for me. Um, I, and I, I know I'm probably an anomaly in this room, um, but I'm not always that excited about church. I know I'm not on my own. <laughs> I know you don't wake up every single Sunday morning thinking, hallelujah, I'm on setup. And sometimes we kind of get stuck in the kind of mundaneness of church, don't we? Or church looks a little bit too much like what we just know of what everyone else is like. Like, doesn't it really annoy you when the same kind of social issues happen in the church as they do outside? Or the same kind of little cliques, or the same kind of little um, people getting hurt by other people, or the same kind of little um, disasters happen inside the church? Does that, does that frustrate anyone else here? And sometimes you're like, oh man, aren't we different? Like, isn't there more to it than this? Why is it so hard to fill the tea and coffee rotor every Sunday? And you kind of get kind of stuck, sucked down to the kind of mundane level and people think, oh man, wouldn't it just be so great if we could get back to the early church. The church that had it all sorted. <laughs> Who did that noise? You're right. <laughs> yeah, they had it all sorted for about four days. Like, like the early church. I, I'm deeply encouraged when I read the Bible about the church. Do you know why most of the New Testament is written? Most of the New Testament is written because the churches they were written to were in a right mess. Were all getting they, they they would fight about everything. Like they were fine for a little while, not really. I mean, if you build a church with the group of disciples that Jesus picks, like what do you expect? Um, but uh, they they really quickly started getting into fights, into bickerings, and it's exactly the kind of stuff that the church today struggles with. They fight about everything. They fight. Oh, in fact, we can have another one up, uh, another slide up. They fight about uh, like who's going to be in leadership and what leadership means. They fight about money. They fight about sex. They fight about worship and worship styles and we've never had that. Uh, they fight about um, communion and how do you take communion and what does it mean and who gets the most bread at the end of the day and uh, they fight about what, what, it, what it means to be a Jew or a Gentile or inside or outside and what operations do I need to have to be a Christian, praise the Lord, none. And um, what, it, what, what role do women have to play? Is it okay that we shut them up? Can we do that? Because um, it, it's way less convicting when the women don't talk. Uh, and, or about life and death and resurrection. And what does that mean? And, and what does the resurrection of the dead even mean? And maybe it's just already happened and that would be much easier. And uh, politics and how much should we be involved? Should we bomb the government? Sometimes it feels nice to do that. Um, uh, how, what does it mean to be too legalistic on the one hand and too obsessed with church attendance and, uh, you know, like everyone should be here every Sunday and do the stuff that we tell them and then on the other hand some people go too far the other way and are like anything goes if you feel like it's right in your heart and and then there's the fights about everything if you read the New Testament it's basically people trying to sort out messed up people who call themselves the church now I find that really encouraging (laughs) because I feel like a messed up person who's a part of the church and so this journey together over the next few weeks isn't saying, how can we be perfect like the early church? But saying, how can we move forward together to being closer to mirroring the actions that Jesus wants to do in the world, to mirroring what he wants to do in the world? You know, I think, I think as a church globally, we've got a few issues with our public opinion. 
Does anyone else feel the same? Like you see the church on the news. I don't know. It's not always positive, is it? Um, people's experience of church isn't always positive. The history of the church isn't always positive. Um, in, I spent a, a very short amount of time in Turkey uh, last year, and we heard a story um, of uh, like some kids locally, and <laughs> the kids were just having a fight in the playground, and one of the kids was running around beating another kid with a stick, and the uh, like. The teacher was like, "What? What are you doing? What's going on?" And <laughs> the kid with the stick was like. I'm being the Christian because their picture of Christian in their mind is literally the Crusades and how the, the barbaric mistreatment that the church represented in that time. You know, the church hasn't always lived up to being the body of Christ, has it? And it doesn't always live up to being the body of Christ, to being, you know, the light of the world. <laughs> and yet it's to that exact church to that broken church that these metaphors were written. Paul didn't say to a fixed church, you're the body of Christ. He said it to a broken church. He didn't say to a fixed church, or Peter didn't say to a fixed church, you're all priests. He said it to a bunch of broken people and said, even in that, you are all priests. You know, the the book of Revelation um, yeah, didn't expect it to go there, did you? Um, uh, Book of Revelation, uh, right at the end, um, starts with those couple of chapters, doesn't it? With, with what the Holy Spirit is saying to the churches. And it, it, the Holy Spirit says a bunch of different things to the churches, but normally there's something to work on, isn't there? So for the church in Ephesus, they're doing all the stuff, but they've lost their passion. They've lost their love for God and for each other. Can we have the next uh, little slide, please? Uh, it just says Revelation. It's not really much of a revelation. Um, Oh, okay, I'm going to do better than that. Uh, and, but the other, set, the other six churches that, that, the, that John writes these letters to, that the Holy Spirit speaks through John writing the letters to the churches, um, all these churches are basically struggling with one of two things that basically sum up the problems that the church has. One side of it is the church's struggle with conformity, with over time looking less and less distinct and more and more just like the world that they live in. And so you get them saying, like, you know, you tolerate that woman Jezebel, like you tolerate uh, practices and ethics that just have no place in my church, but you've just absorbed culture, and you've become like culture. Like Romans 12 says, don't be conformed to this world, right? But be transformed by the renewing of your head, mind. Um, and... Um, and then the other problem that the churches are struggling with is the pressure of intense opposition. So you get these churches who are just being persecuted and they're being like put through crazy stuff and following Jesus means losing everything basically. Um, and we, like I know some people now who are actually in that situation. Like I didn't, I didn't know anyone who was in that situation before so it felt really far away. But now I've actually got friends um, who, who if they tell their families that they're followers of Jesus, they would lose everything. Like they would lose everything. They would lose their job. They would lose their support. They would lose any relationship with their family. Um, their business would go under. Like everything would go. And so, so these churches were struggling with these two things. And most of the time they were in a pretty bad state because of it. Like these weren't like, you know, kind of going for it, like really fast growing, like, hey, it's amazing communities. These are ordinary people, a little bit like us, struggling with the day-to-day of what church is, right? It's not an incredibly promising start to the book, really. 
Um, but John is basically saying, stick with it, guys. And then the, the story of Revelation goes, doesn't it? And against the backdrop of this kind of tiny, struggling, persecuted church um, who's kind of struggling to keep distinct and struggling to stay true to Jesus in persecution, then in Revelation you get these other pictures, don't you, of these enormous world powers and these enormous beasts and these enormous kind of judgments of God and these plagues. And, and they compared to the church, they just look so massive. The problems look so massive, and the, the beasts look so massive, and the enemies look so massive. And you kind of get to the end, and you're like, oh, man, <laughs> you've almost kind of forgotten about this little kind of pathetic-looking church at the beginning of the book. But then Revelation 21 um, gets going, and I really love it. Um, if you didn't know what Revelation is about, I think, oh, I might be wrong. Nigel's house group are actually studying at the moment. Um, we often think Revelation is about the end of the world. I think it's about the church. I think it's about the story of God using his church and not giving up on his church. Because it says this at the end. Uh, in Revelation 21, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. Amen. But what did God do with the ocean? Uh, but uh, Yeah, that's kind of a big picture, isn't it? There was a new heaven and a new earth. Does anyone want John to talk about that a little bit more? <laughs> like, go on, John. Explain something of what that looks like. That's kind of a big deal. Uh, okay, and then he, but he doesn't. Like, that's all we basically hear of. Instead, he says, next. <laughs> no explanation, but then he says, but then I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. What's he talking about there? The church. The city is the church. Not that we're all going to have a massive walled building to camp in forever. It's a picture of what the church is, the city of God, the temple of God. Um, but a prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. Don't let your brain try too hard with that image, like a massive block of city with a wedding dress on. Uh, it just sounds weird. Um, but but it's, it's a picture, isn't it? It's designed to say something. That what, what is going to be God's plan for saving the world at the end of the day? What's he going to do? The church. What's going to be God's plan? At the end of the day, it's the church. How is God's presence going to fully get to the world and transform the world? The church. Is this not exciting? I, feel, I find this incredible. It, like, What's going to be the plan for is finally establishing Jesus' kingdom and making everything new and wiping every tear from their eyes? And, and it looks lower. About the, it talks about the healing of the nations as being something that flows from this community. In other words, when all is said and done, the world will fundamentally not be changed by the beasts and by the powers and by the principalities and by elections and by um, presidents presidents and whatever. It's not going to be saved by that. It will be saved by the church. And God's plan, even at the end of this book, with this struggling little group of bunch of churches, is still to use us to change the world. Is that cool? And it will be his plan tomorrow as well, even if we're rubbish at being church today. And it will be his plan in a year. And it will be his plan in a decade. <laughs> and it will still be his plan whenever he comes, will be to establish his kingdom on earth 
through the church. See, Revelation isn't about escapism or fatalism or just kind of hiding under a rock until all the tribulations come. No, it's about being a church that stands knowing I am the way that God is going to save the world. I haven't labored that point too much, I don't think, but let's move on anyway. Um, Yeah, okay, so God's plan is still the church. Oh, we're one ahead, sorry, Paul. So really, really, here's the rub. What I think we need to do over the next six weeks is just in our hearts, buy in again to what it is to be church. Is that okay? And really say, actually, do you know what? I want, I want to live <laughs> for the vision of church that God has given. I want that to be my governing force. I don't just want to come out of these six or seven weeks knowing more about the church giving more to the church, but being more in the church, but thinking, okay, what is God saying to me? Who do I need to reconcile with in this community or in the wider community or whatever? How do I need to make that happen? Um, how do I need to, where do I need to give more or serve more or be more involved? Um, and maybe it's, I, I don't know, I don't know what it is. I don't want to suggest things. Um, but does that make sense? Maybe for some of you, you've never really committed to church before. And you're, so, you're kind of a church kind of... Uh, uh, attender or kind of yeah and for you it's just that's just what it is so I'm a Christian so I go to church every now and then and that is not the vision of church that Jesus gives us it's so much more than that and it's so much better than that and it's so much deeper than that he wants us to be one body together the fullness of him who fills everything in every way so there's an invitation today to get involved with what God is doing to save the world again and to really recommit again. Maybe for you, do you know what, it's just become a bit of a tiring thing. Like I just serve at church and serve at church and serve at church. And then it becomes about those duties and it becomes about those ministries and it stops being about Jesus. And maybe Jesus wants to just kind of re-envision you a little bit today or over the next few weeks. Wouldn't that be cool? Okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to be a little bit of church. So I want you to get back into your little groups and just pray for each other. Is that all right? You can just pray for each other. Uh, maybe say if there's, if there's anything that you think you really need to like, recommit to or whatever. No, that's maybe too difficult. No, I, try, I feel like I'm crashing. Am I doing okay? I usually do. Uh, so uh, basically, <laughs> I'm going to trust that you guys can do this. Can you pray for each other? Just pray for the, n- the next six weeks would be do what they need to do in each other's lives, really. Um, I, I can stop talking now, so don't worry. So I will stop in a moment um, after I reach the end of my sentence. Go.